Welcome to Spring the Beacon with Ryan Rieger. Today we play Lego, and Daddy has other dice stay on my play Lego. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income radio show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger. Today, we're chatting with my friend, Nick Galtney. He is a former missionary to Guatemala. In fact, he's associated with uh, Casa del Destino, or House of Destiny, which is the uh, organization that my brother-in-law and sister-in-law founded. I'm on the board of. So it's uh, just fun having Nick on the show because we were telling him about his, uh, his past, his missionary journeys. Uh, he grew up in Israel as a missionary kid and then uh, ended up meeting his wife uh, after college and they moved to Guatemala, felt called there and ended up running that home for a couple of years and just just literally like a couple of weeks ago got back to the United States after serving there. But he uh, and his wife, they made um, they were able to get donations when they were missionaries, but a lot of what kept them there and paid their bills was Nick's website business. And so on this uh, episode, we talk about websites and what's important on a website, what you uh, should have on there, what you should not have on there, how to get traffic to it. We talked about, um, it should answer three things. Who are you? What do you do? And how can I help? And so Nick has just got a lot of information. He's a wealth of knowledge on this topic. Is it probably every single one of you, if you have a business, you have a website, is it performing for you? And so we talked about some of the things to, to check websites to go to, um, just little tips that will save you a lot of time and energy by listening to this episode. I asked him like what you would do if you were starting from scratch and you didn't have one and you're trying to do it budget wise. And he answered that question, but, uh, Nick would be a great guy to talk to. If you are interested in having him build a website, I think he'll actually just get on a free call with you, um, to discuss that, to see if he's a fit for you. Uh, but all the links are in the show notes, uh, if you want to check him out, but his uh, website, it's gauwebsolutions.com, gauwebsolutions.com. Here's my interview with Nick. Nick, welcome to Streams of Income. Hey, Ryan, thanks for having me. So glad to have you. This is so cool. We talked a long time ago about having you on this show when you were a missionary in Guatemala. So yeah. We, back we, to the U.S. It's good to be back. It's good <laughs> to be back. Yeah, I kind of took some time here and thought we would have this podcast a long time ago and I'd show yeah. up, but, all right, you know, busy life. You had a lot of little kids to, to take care of, and now you guys yeah. have your own, which is yeah. so exciting. Yeah, we were super excited, and I was born in May, and... Man, we're just so blessed to have her in our lives now, and and Is now to be close to family. Sleep? We're we're getting sleep. Oh yeah, okay. you know she's she's not too bad. She's not too bad. That's awesome. What was uh, having a bunch of other kids that you were caring for? Did that help you guys prepare for being parents? I would say completely. Yeah, absolutely. We had over the time that we lived in Guatemala at the at the home, we had about just over twenty kids come wow. through. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy to think about. And they were from, you know, ages two days old to four years old. And so we kind of got the whole shebang there. Mm. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, at this point it's, it's kind of funny. We joke about it, but it's like, man, dealing with Naya, that's, that's no problem. Like <laughs> she's, she's easy. Right. So. That's so cool. Well, tell me your story. That's the only question I usually ask everybody is like how you got to where you are, what you're doing. Um, but just walk me through, go back as far as you want to. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I kind of have a, a funny story, jump around a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so, I'll, you know, I'll start at the beginning and then work my way up to here. It shouldn't take too long. <laughs> so 
Um, I was born in Florida and in Jacksonville, Florida, not too far from um, the Orlando area. And then my parents, my dad worked in, in, in engineering and industrial engineering for, for a long time. So we found our way up to Huntsville, Alabama, where there's a bunch of government jobs. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, a large part of my testimony actually comes from my dad because God called my father to missions. Mm. Um, and when I was a kid, when I was like really, really young. And so for multiple years, he told God, no. And eventually he said, yes. And he was like, okay, God. And that, you know, that's a longer story in one day, but um, eventually he said, yes. So when I was nine years old, my whole family, we uprooted from Huntsville, Alabama, and we moved to Israel. Wow. And so, yeah. And that's kind of what I've considered home, home base for me because mm the age of nine, you know, everything before that you're growing up and there's a lot of development happening there, but the relationships that I built truly were kind of back in Israel. Wow. And so I jumped right in nine years old, jumped end of third grade, jumped straight into a public school there (laughs) into a language that I didn't understand. Wow. Yeah. So you had to learn Hebrew really quick. Yeah, I did. I did. It's kind of kind of trial by fire there. You get thrown in the middle of it and hope hope you don't sink. Gosh. So there there was a, a little language school in the school to kind of help someone with they'd be studying grammar or whatever. They'd pull me off to the side and yeah. go through the alphabet and stuff like that. Wow, that would be um, so okay. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, we we read left to right, Hebrews right to left. Yeah. So not, that's that's just insane. That I know kids do that all the time. I know uh, a friend of mine who uh, immigrated from Guatemala. Actually, he's now um, nice. in politics and he's got a really, really, really cool story. But he he came to this, this country knowing nothing, knowing no English whatsoever. Um, but at least it's the same order, you know. Right. Like, <laughs> Yeah, same order, same letters. Having to learn, uh, and the Hebrew language, it, the the writing doesn't even look similar to ours. No, not even close. <laughs> wow, I yeah. can't even imagine being in a classroom like that and a teacher speaking in Hebrew and you have no idea what they're saying and you're supposed to do an assignment. That's wow. It was. It wasn't the easiest. I'll say. Thankfully, I mean, this sounds bad, but thankfully, the the education system over there was not as um strict uh, i'll say and so okay. the expectations well there was lots of ec- academic expectations they weren't crazy mm-hmm. um about hitting goals and numbers they were okay. a lot more forgiving right so wow so yeah i'd, I'd learn hebrew um and there was like one english class and i got lucky that the school we went to in town um they had like an advanced english for native english speakers so okay. i actually had quite a few students in the school who spoke fluent English. Oh, that's good. Um, and so, you know, you have maybe like a hundred kids and a dozen of them speak English and you're like, this is great. You know, I found, I found my dozen kids, my dozen (laughs) friends. Um, so yeah, I did that from, I was like end of third grade to sixth grade. I was in that school. Then I graduated. And, um, that was around the time that we did our first kind of stateside assignment where we came back to the U S for, I don't know, it was like eight months. Um, my parents, we were speaking at churches, sharing what we were doing, sharing the vision. Um, and I was homeschooled at that point. And that was kind of the switch when my parents realized, well, Hey, you know, that's seventh grade. Now we're getting into middle school and soon to be high school. Can we prepare, um, our children for university? Cause you know, once you go into high school, then you, you want to have like a, an American diploma or at least right. some kind of a, something that transfers. And so when we got back to Israel, um, I did a lot of like international school. We, we had looked at a b- bunch of different options and we found one that was based in the UK. Well, it wasn't based in the UK. It was like the UK system. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was in a, it was a British international school. And I did that until 10th grade, at which point 
my brother had graduated and I was like, I don't want to be home alone. I want to leave too. So I told my parents one day, I remember doing this and I told my parents, I was like, Hey, once upon a time, guys, you said I could go to boarding school and I want to go. So I'm going. And my dad laughed at me and my mom was like, yeah, sure. Cause she didn't think I was being serious. Um, and then, you know, once they realized I was being serious, it was like a much, much longer conversation. I was like, wait, what? Like you actually want to go to Germany? Cause it was in Germany. So I was going to fly and like leave everyone. Um, so yes, yeah, so that, then I did that. I flew to Germany and I went to a boarding school for junior and senior year of high school. Got my, that was an English or an American system. So I got my high school diploma that was yeah accredited and kind of transferred nicely. And oh. yeah. Oh my gosh. Did you have to learn any German? They tried to get me to learn German. Yeah. They told me like, well, you're in Germany for two years. You know, you want to learn German? I was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I had too many other things at that point that I wanted to do. There were like acting yeah. classes and computer science classes. And wow. man, I... I had the opportunity at that point to take all the classes I, I wanted to because mm -hmm. the schools I was at before didn't have any options like that. Okay. But I was like, give them all to me. I'll take them all. So <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Yeah. So you graduated from that boarding school. What did you do? What's next? Yeah. So I got a full ride scholarship to California Baptist University. It's uh -huh. in Southern California. And I went there to study computer science. Wow. So we did that for three years. That's cool. Where is that I, in California? Where is that in Southern California? It's in Riverside. Okay. It's about an hour yeah. plus south of LA. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I made some of my lifelong friends there. That's so cool. Um, some of them actually just recently got married. I was back in October for for one of their weddings, and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so I did that. And then COVID happened. So it was 2017 to 2020. COVID happened, mm -hmm. and somewhere in there, so it's all God's timing, all you know how it goes. Somewhere in there, I, I met my wife. At a summer camp because in between school i went to a summer camp in in wyoming mm -hmm. met my wife isabel there and uh, we started long distance dating COVID happened and within a year we got married wow which is crazy and then she was she was planning on going to guatemala she wanted to get her it's like a weird like tangled events but yeah she wanted to get her her certification to teach english as a foreign language and i was all for moving around and you know going yeah. to other countries like yeah why not let's throw south america or central america on there <laughs> so uh yeah we we went down together after i graduated and what was supposed to be just get our certification teach for a little bit and come back we ended up getting connected to to jay and valerie and their ministry down there and mm. house of destiny and we started volunteering and we never left until a week ago their story is similar if you remember you probably know mm -hmm. that they, they went down there in 2008 to um take language classes and then they ended up taking over that orphanage. So guys, just for some context, um, Nick and Isabel ran, um, the baby house for, um, house of destiny, which is an, um, organization in Guatemala that my brother-in-law and sister-in-law founded. And so I'm on the board of that organization and Nick and Isabel just came back from the States after serving there. So give you put some context in there. Um, yeah, so you moved to Guatemala. That's so cool. And then uh, ended up staying there a lot longer than you planned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how it goes, right? And that was all donate. So you kind of lived off. You had donations. You guys were able to raise money for that. But then also you were you had a business that yeah for most of your expenses. Isn't that right? Yeah, it is. Um, right before I graduated. So I graduated in spring of 2021. Uh -huh. And a semester before that, I got reached out by one of my like high school teachers uh -huh. and she was like, Hey, I know you're in computer science. My dad's business needs a website. Can you build him a website? And I was like, sure. 
my web development experience isn't great. And I kind of showed them the, the projects I had on my, on my portfolio. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, no problem. I love it. Like, come on board, you know, come, come build my site. And I was like, <laughs> okay, that sounds great. And so they actually, the way he did it is he got, gave one of his daughters to go find a designer and one of his daughters to go find a developer. And so the one that found me was the developer. Yeah. And so then I worked with the designer that they found and, yeah. um, she kind of, she built the site and, you know, she was like, oh, I kind of want to move on. Don't want to be part of this again, one-time project. Mm-hmm. And at that point I saw an opportunity. I was like, well, I could keep doing this, also yeah. do the designs and continue. And so that's what yeah. I did. Um, I kept working for for them and I still, he's actually one of my clients to this day. I've built multiple sites for them. That's cool. Um, and yeah, I started, you know, getting the software that I needed to build websites, learning about hosting, learning about kind of the back end and the front end of stuff, mm-hmm. um, which I had experience with from, you know, being in computer science and I've been in the tech industry, well, industry. I've been interested in technology since I was like 12. Yeah. Um, so when I started programming when I was 12. And so it mm-hmm. kind of came easy enough since I found it enjoyable. And so then it was just problem solving, you know, something would come yeah. up and, and then you figure out the solution and get better. Mm-hmm. And so now... After doing that for two years, beginning of 2023, I established my own LLC. I have my own business now. Instead of yes. doing doing business as you know Nick Galtney, I have my own kind of agency. I got a team, a small team of designers and developers back earlier this summer. Yes. Um, and the designers are like the best thing in the world. You know, I can I can kind of give them my vision and tell them what needs to happen in the order, and they do a great job. And so, yeah, I'm very. Very excited with how things that have That is awesome. When you guys moved to Guatemala, did you have that in mind? Like, I'm going to get a bunch of clients and this is going to help pay our way and keep us here? No. So I remember specifically, um, I remember specifically thinking like, all right, what are we going to do if we're transitioning to becoming missionaries? Because we didn't come down as missionaries. We came down, but we, Isabel and I, if we tell you now, we said it back then, we kind of knew God was calling us to do something down there. We just didn't know what, because we didn't know anyone there. Right. And so I started blogging a month or two before we went down to Guatemala to get all of my connections here in the States on our newsletter, knowing that if we were going to switch, I would at least have, you know, 50 or 60 people yes. that got information. So we did. And so we had about 50 people on our newsletter. Mm-hmm. And so when we made that switch, mm. it didn't take long before, you know, at least some people started supporting us. And it wasn't much, you know, it was a couple hundred dollars a month. Yeah. Um. And then, yeah, a website would be, at that point, it was like $500 a month. Yeah. Um, and I'd, I'd build a, a website for someone for for as cheap as I could make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was kind of, I remember specifically thinking to myself, it's like, okay, God, if you want to, uh, if you want to support us through like the business or through mission work, I'm going to leave it in your hands. Because I was on the, on the verge of building my LLC back when we started mm-hmm. and kind of doing a bunch of marketing and I didn't know which way God wanted to take it. And so I, I remember just being like, okay, if you want us to be funded through ministry money mm-hmm. and missionary work, then bring in supporters. And if you want businesses, then bring in website clients. Mm-hmm. And he did both. I remember very specifically, we'd be awesome. like running low on money and sit there and like, okay, God, what's next? And sometimes it was, you know, a random donation that came through PayPal. And yeah. sometimes it was a message like, Hey, I heard you build websites. Can you build my website? And I was like, ah, oh, this is great. <laughs> so awesome. yeah. Wow. So the whole time you were there, you kind of had a mixture of both, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay. A mixture of both. Yeah. Was the income though from the bit websites ain't more than your donations? 
Um, by the end, so what ended up happening is I ended up reinvesting a lot of my website income. Mm. As we got more missionary income, uh-huh. um, we we were able to kind of live off of that. And so as I would get more clients, uh, I would buy better software or better hardware for for the servers and kind of yeah. reinvest that. And so in terms of total amount, like gross, yeah, it was. But uh, what we actually like pocketed away from that wasn't very much. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. What advice would you give people who are interested in becoming a missionary? Like just like that you're anything from your journey that you would give because you went down there not even knowing you're going to end up there because you but back in your mind, you thought you may be. Yeah. But like you kind of explored, you tiptoed your way into it. And yeah, yeah that direction. So, oh man, I could talk about this for hours. And <laughs> well, I want to get into the website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I know, I know, I, just, I know. That came to my mind because I know there's people that are like, man, I think I'm like, I might be called to do missions work. Um, how do they explore that? Yeah. So I, I'll give a, like a, a fair warning, first of all. And the fair warning is, is simple. But at the end of the day, like, listen to God. Mm-hmm. But no matter what I say now or what anybody tells you, like, that ultimately doesn't matter. If you know God's telling you to do something, do it and just try and, you know, connect yourself with people who can help. Yeah. And I, the reason I say this is because we knew God was calling us to Guatemala. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't know why or how, but yeah. at that point I had enough experience knowing like, I don't have to worry about the details. Yeah, and I say this mean. because there's so many organizations and there's so many people who tell you like, oh, you need to hit this number of income in your bank account, or, oh, you need to have this many years of seminary, or, oh, you need to have this organization with this many years of training. Um, like when, when I grew up, my, my parents were with the International Mission Board, and so I'm very familiar with larger organizations. Yeah. And if God's calling you to do that, do that. But if God's not calling you to do that, and he's just saying, go, I, my personal recommendation is just go. And I've had two friends now take me up on that. They'll, they'll call me and they'll be like, Hey, like, how did you do what you're doing? It's like, man, I just booked a flight ticket and went yeah. and both of them did. They were like, okay. And they booked a flight ticket and they came down. One of them's wow. actually still in Guatemala. Wow. Um, and he and I keep in contact. He got my motorcycle after we left and yeah, he's, he's working with a ministry down there that digs wells. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, do it. And I, and that's what I would say, you know, you can't, you can't miss out an opportunity. If you fly down to a country, see the needs, you know, listen to God. If yes. God's not calling you, it'll be evident. Yeah. But if he is, he'll open that door for you. Absolutely. So I, I, this almost sounds like how I would tell somebody to start a business. I wouldn't, I would typically wouldn't tell somebody like, Hey, you have a business idea. Let's go out and borrow a bunch of money. And let's create a, an LLC all the, uh, at the beginning and then let's hope people want my service. It'd be right. like, let's what's the minimum viable product? So in your terms, it might be find a short-term mission trip you can go on or go hang out with a missionary for a week and offer to help them. But yeah, just go, just go, just yeah. go see it for yourself. And that, that's a way to, you'll come back from that knowing like, Ooh, this is it or nah, that wasn't it at all, but it was a great exactly. That's not where I'm, I'm not called here. I don't, but at yeah. least you know. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Mm. That's great. Wow. Well, tell me about what, so you started doing a bunch of websites um, and you've obviously we've had you do, uh, you've done a bunch of work for me and client people that I've connected you with. I know people that, that listen and have businesses, you know, you need a website. So Mm -hmm. let's start talking about some of those tips and things that you've learned. So um, what would you tell somebody like, yeah, I got a website, but I'm not, it's not so great uh, advice on what, what needs to be there? What doesn't common mistakes you see people make with their website? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'd say the biggest shift that I've kind of thought of lately, um, and I, you and I spoke about this actually like a week ago. Yeah. Um, the biggest shift that I've realized lately is there's a misunderstanding of what a website kind of is and what a website's supposed to do. And so there's plenty of small mistakes and and on a whole list of, oh, most websites make these mistakes and whatnot, and I will. I think it's very, very interesting. Um, but the, I think there's something also to be said of like a website just by itself doesn't inherently guarantee you'll get traffic to it. And so you could have someone build the best website in the world without making any industry mistakes. Hmm. And still, you know, you look at their traffic and like, why, why is nobody seeing this website? Yeah. So it doesn't work like that. If you, if you build it, they will come. (laughs) You know, there's, there's something to be said there, but, but there's some, there's an element that's missing. Um, And so, you know, I do, I do actually agree with the, if you build it, they will come. But it's it's funny, but yeah. So I'd say the the biggest misconception, you know, somebody if somebody came to me and said, "Hey, I don't like my website," my probably my first instinct would be, "Why? Why don't you like your website?" Mm. Do you look at your website and you're like, "Wow, this is just an ugly website?" Well, you know, that's a pretty easy thing to solve usually, right? But I feel like most people when they say that are saying it because th- their expectations of what it was supposed to do is not meeting what it's actually doing, and you know, they're yeah. they're not seeing any benefits from that. Yeah. Yeah. So then at that point, I guess, where, where do we want to go from here? Do we want to go from the, how do we solve that? Or do we want to go to common problems? Um, we can do both. Actually, we've got some time for both. Also, I'd be curious to know what, what you take people through the process you take people through. Cause it's not just like, Hey, I want a website, Nick. Okay. Here it is. Um, right. You have a, you have a series, you get to know that person, what they're trying to accomplish in their business. So we could talk about some of that, but yeah, say, I guess say, um, I guess maybe let's start with, I'm a, I'm a new client, a potential new client. Okay. Um, and you're, you're trying to get, cause you just don't, you don't just build websites for people. You're building that, right. that front end that everybody's going to see before they do business with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's super important. It's not just a pretty website. It's the function behind it. So yep. what do you, what are some of the questions that you ask people? And then as somebody's listening, you know, this is helpful for you to think about if you're, wanting to hire somebody to redo your site or build you a new one, which by the way, Nick is available and happy to, to get on calls with you to see if you might be, if you know, he can serve you in that way. But think about this as you're, as you're talking to somebody about a website, you don't want somebody that's just going to build you a site because yeah. anybody nowadays with templates and AI mm-hmm. can build you something that looks cool yeah. and is pretty. I'm like, Oh, that's great. But is it going to, is it going to do what you want it to do? So what's, what are those things you walk people through? Yeah. And, and just to reiterate, what you're really talking about is the difference between a site versus strategy behind a site. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's kind of the key key mm-hmm. thing to think about. And so, the, yeah, the, what, the first thing that I would ask somebody is what's the objective of your site? What is the goal? What are you trying to get out of this? Yeah. So for let's say that we they need more leads. They need more leads in yeah. their, their coaching business, for example. Need more leads is is a pretty is a pretty kind of it's it's an answer that people don't necessarily like but it's already solved for. And so when somebody says they need more leads, it's like, all right, what does your website have? Does your website have some kind of a funnel process to the landing page? Mm-hmm. Which means when somebody hits that landing page, you know, we say it should answer three questions. Who are you? What do you do? And how can you help me? Mm-hmm. That should be the first thing that pops up. You know, no, it doesn't matter if you have images, doesn't matter if you have like whatever, it should just answer those three questions. Your logo should say, you know, who you are. That's self-explanatory. 
what do you do would be the service you offer. So for example, like our business, I think on our landing page, it says unbeatable websites for small businesses. Yeah. Um, so that's what we do. We build fantastic unbeatable websites. And then how can you help me is that little text blurb that kind of goes into a little bit more detail of, look, this is where you're at. And this is how I can come into where you're at and assist yes. you. And so that kind of starts the funnel that allows somebody to be at the top of it and be like, okay, I now know what these guys are offering and providing. Let me continue the path. And so then at that point, it's a matter of building trust and authority mm-hmm. um, so that, you know, you you claim to be an expert on building websites, prove it to me. And so we had we had a little bit of a human element. So that's the about, you know, who you are and what do you do? And so on our website, we have a little section about my wife and I, and we were missionaries in Guatemala. That's the human touch where yeah. people can see like, oh yeah, you're a human. Um, you have a section for certifications or any kind of reviews, or, you know, if you have um, other companies or other certifications or anything to kind of show trustworthiness that other companies trust you, mm-hmm. Um that kind of is another way of building authority. Um, And then there's a couple more sections, like some clients have more or less things that they want added. But then after that, it's a, it's, it's a conversion. Unless you're listing pricing first, it's asking for the, you know, the closing of the, the sale, quote unquote. Yeah. And for that, for a a lead, it might be the closing of the sale might be just be getting an email address. Yeah, exactly. Filling out a contact form being like, Hey, I'm interested in your service. Call me. Yeah. Or filling out a calendar link or pressing a button, you know, it doesn't, an actual e-commerce transaction. Right. Um, and so the first thing is if, if my client says, Hey, I want leads. The first thing is, do you have some kind of a funnel already? Yeah. Is your landing page right now that somebody hits it and they don't even know what to do or where to progress or how, mm-hmm. okay. That should be the first thing you can fix. Yeah. If, if there's no funnel at all to some kind of a conversion, mm-hmm. um, and when I say conversion, I just mean, you know, they want something now they're asking mm-hmm. for that thing. Yeah. And, if and you were starting with somebody like um, who doesn't have a site yet and they want it, want it built um, and they have a lead magnet ready to go, or maybe you can help them with that. Would you suggest like um, just going right to the opt-in page versus like, so if we have two options of building a web a homepage that has an opt-in form on it with an about me section, with the testimonials and reviews, um, or would you just say, Hey, let's just go right to just a single landing page for that one offer. I know eventually you're going to have both mm-hmm. probably, uh, but what do you think built should be built first? I would say just the one page. Okay. Um, so the in, single in, landing page for the lead yeah, magnet and then we'll absolutely. build out the home page with your face and the about me section later. Absolutely. And that's, okay. that's just it. Like the about me page and the extra, the extra processes, like those are great and those are important. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I even had a client who they, they never ended up writing their full bio. And so they never had an about page and and that was okay. But most people who are reading your about page aren't necessarily ones who are looking for an immediate conversion. Right. Um, they're, they're not you know looking for your service. And so having yes. just that one landing page that goes yeah. through this service all the way down yeah. is sufficient. Yeah. How big do they think that landing page needs to be in your opinion? Um, so we, we, like I was saying, we typically break that into like those five sections that I just okay. walked you through. Yep. Um, and I wouldn't add, I would say no more than seven of those. Like if you characterize those in block sections, what okay. I just walked you through, I wouldn't add more than, than five to those seven. Um, uh, maybe you have a few extra, maybe you want to have reviews and accreditations and certifications, you know, having some of those is good, uh-huh. but not to overwhelm them. You know, you want to get very yeah. quick to you solve their problem. Now let's have a conversation. 
That's awesome. Well, you just freed a lot of people up to thinking, oh my gosh, I got to hire somebody to create five pages on a home, on a, on a site. And yeah, yeah. Simple. Just start off with a, a simple landing page. What do you think about just like a seriously simple landing page? The only thing that is, is just one section and it's an opt-in for a free book or a lead magnet at the top. And there's nothing else on the page, nothing else below that. Yeah. Um, I don't have as much experience with that. My only follow-up to that kind of, uh, if somebody proposed that to me, I would say kind of what's, what's, where are people coming from to find that page? Mm. So, you know, if, right. if this is, for example, that they found your book on Amazon yeah. and you had a, a link to a site like that or, or something like that, where people can find this and all it's meant for is they've already gone through a funnel somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is just the opt-in or the conversion. Yeah. That's fine. It's just, you have to figure out how did somebody find this? Have they already yes. gone through the, the process? That's good. Right. Because otherwise it may just be too little information doesn't make sense. But if they're they're yeah. listening to a, if the, you have a podcast and you got people listening and you're just sending them to a single page, the only one section is a lead magnet. And the only opportunity, only thing on that page is an opt-in form that may make sense, but. Yeah. And that's a perfect example. Like your audience in terms of like classifying audience, your audience is not a cold audience. They're a warm right. audience. They yeah. know you, they know, you know, what you do. So if you tell them like, Hey, there's a sign up link here, they don't want to go through the whole funnel process as if they were cold and they don't know you. Yes. They want to go just like, yeah, I, I know who Ryan is. I just want to sign up for this webinar. I just yeah. want to sign up for this podcast or whatever. And that's yeah. absolutely fine. Okay. And that's why I have both. I have a whole page that's got my picture on it and our family photos and like that type of stuff. Um, that would be maybe more for somebody who doesn't know me yet, but yeah. Okay. That's good. Um, what are some of the, mis I, I, we could go so many, trying yeah, to so many of, different what routes. is my audience asking right now about mm -hmm. websites? I think about like, um, gosh, there's so many questions, but what are some of the mistakes that people make? Um, I think number one, we talked about like, it has to be super fancy and big and right. let's just get, what's the point of this website and let's make sure that's on there. Um, as clients come to you, what are some things that you notice that, that are there that they have now that needs to be changed? What do you notice about that? Like, oh man, this has got to go, or this is not even serving the right purpose. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'll split that. I meant to say something earlier, so I'll split that in half. Sure. Yeah. To what is the things that they have like mentality wise versus website wise. And I'll start yeah. with the mentality. Um, and this is what I was talking about a little bit earlier. Most people, I would say, need to set aside some kind of a budget for marketing. Um, and this is what I was saying earlier is you, you need that lead funnel. But if nobody's watching or clicking that lead funnel, nobody knows that it exists. It's not yeah. going to funnel anyone. Right. And so the first shift is, you know, not thinking of a website as marketing, but thinking as a website as the tool to deal with traffic. And so you need, you know, whether it's advertising, social media marketing, SEO marketing, some, some, something of your, your investing budget needs to go into just bringing people to your site. Yeah. Okay, that's first thing aside. Now, in terms of the actual website stuff, one, one of the biggest things that everybody loves, but is just not worth your time is, is sliders. Um, mm. Lots of people have sliders on their, on their website uh -huh. and, you know, they'll have, like there's an image at the top and it just, it, it scrolls. Yeah. Well, so the worst case scenario is when it's the first thing you see on the website uh -huh. and it's like image with a header and, uh -huh. a, and, and a text box. And then in, after five seconds, the whole thing slides with a new header and a new text box. Okay. That's worst case scenario. Um, <laughs> What's most so bad people, about that? Yeah. So most people from, from just a 
psychological perspective. Most people don't realize that that's changing and they have no idea to go and kind of click through that to read information. Mm. And so the the philosophy behind that is if it's important enough to be on your web page, why is it hidden behind a button that people don't even know really exists? Right. And so you have to kind of sit there and usually that comes from somebody has too much information and they're like, well, how do we cram all this information on the homepage? And then so they end up hiding information that, you know, the click through rate on sliders is just very low statistically like if you if you look through it it's just not high where people are clicking through and reading the content back there yeah and so if there's actually something back there that's important and that's the issue if if it is important you need people to see that, that they're not the seeing front, it that should be the front thing that they see exactly the other issue yeah. is kind of from a technical level if you have a slider like that's the first uh -huh. google's going to be confused because when google crawls your site it can't necessarily distinguish between the, the hierarchy when everything's in a slider and so that can cause technical issues for, for how Google ranks your site is it, it doesn't understand it. And so then things don't get indexed properly. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a big one that is it's flashy and nice. And that's why everybody has it. Everybody's like, Oh, everybody has a carousel, like, or a slider, like our website can too. If it's just images, it's probably not an issue. You know, if you just have like a background image scrolling, that's probably not going to be a problem. Yeah. But if you have, you know, text and real information that you're trying to advertise, you're just kind of throwing your efforts away a little bit. So that that'd be the first thing. Second thing, um this one's easy. Uh -huh. A lot of people don't compress or resize their images before they upload them. Okay. So for all the business owners out there who are um who are kind of doing this themselves, I would highly recommend running all of your images. First of all, resize your images so they're not, you know, 4000 by 6000 pixels. Most most people are on their phones anyway, so you don't need that kind of resolution. And then running your image through a compressor like tinypng.com is a is a way to take your images and compress them down. Um, do that first because that's another thing that'll dramatically affect how how fast your website loads. Is if you have a bunch of super high quality images from the photographer that you just got and you yeah. want to post the super high quality, that's great. But now it's going to take 10 seconds for your website to load and people are going to get, you know, tired yes. of it and leave. Yeah, this is not 1995 where exactly click, 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 click. Uh -huh. they want it now. They want it now. And so <laughs> make sure, you know, you're compressing all those images and a great tool. You know, if, if if somebody wants to go up and look like, well, how do I know a great tool that I tell people? Google has a thing called PageSpeed Insights. OK, where you can paste your website into PageSpeed Insights. And it, after a couple, you know, 30 seconds, 45 seconds, it'll give you a detailed breakdown of your score. It'll tell you oh, how nice. fast your website's running, whether it's SEO compliant and every kind of dropdown will tell you, well, this, this problem, this is because your images aren't compressed. Well, just go compress all of your images. Wow. And so you don't, you know, having a developer or whatever is nice, but for the people who don't have that kind of a budget, go through there and it'll walk you through the process of how yeah. to fix these issues. Um, and performance can dramatically increase just people's enjoyability or pleasurability with using your site yeah. like their experience that's so awesome. that's that's another really big one that's, that's pretty easy to idea. pretty easy to follow yeah. and, and fix um if i'm let's say i just started my business and nick i know that it's going to cost me you know probably a thousand to five thousand dollars for a website um just throwing out some ballpark numbers there uh I don't have that much money. So walk me mm -hmm. through what you would tell somebody who's like super, super budget. Yeah. Um, that what's the easiest way for somebody to launch their own thing? I know there's some services like Wix and all these mm -hmm. other ones out there. What what do you suggest for somebody to get the best website that they possibly can? 
using a template that's already out there that looks cool that they can add their own unique spin to it and have a website with the the lowest expense yeah you know that's honestly a question that i haven't really sat down and and really thought out i know there is there's a website out there that's just for landing pages okay um i'm trying to think i don't want to kind of recommend something Sorry, unless i know that's now. the one but i think it's called lead pages oh yes i've heard of lead pages yes um i think that's that's the one i had kind of looked at that is I, I don't remember the pricing on it and that's the only the only issue is i don't remember what they charge but that is something that you know you can get a a landing page up pretty quickly mm -hmm. um and you know they have the the standard formulas and process for how to build those out so that you don't have to worry about that uh -huh. and you don't really have to have any of the technical skills yep they're 37 dollars a month build annually uh for their lowest tier gotcha yeah yeah, yeah. And so I would probably look at something like that. Don't worry about a full scale website. Don't worry yeah. about hosting it yourself. You know, a lot of people, and this is, here's another common mistake. A lot of people look at, you know, hosting and they'll be like, well, I can find $2 hosting on namecheap.com mm -hmm. and host my WordPress website. And that's great, except for if you're actually trying to have people view this and use that, that hosting is going to suffer from quality because mm -hmm. those, those $2 hostings, what they do is they'll put an unspecified number of websites onto the same server and you're all sharing the same resources. Oh, wow. And that's fine. Like sharing resources is not a bad thing. People do that all the time. It's just that $2, you're probably sharing it with hundreds and hundreds rather than dozens. Yeah. And okay. so you can't have any control over, is my website going to perform good now or in an hour yeah. from now? So if you were using lead pages and you wanted, let's say I, I want ryanrieger.com, I'm just starting a new mm -hmm. website. I could go to Namecheap. I don't, maybe lead pages allows me to even buy the domain, but let's pretend it doesn't. Yeah. Okay. Um, so would the process be, I go to Namecheap or HostGator or GoDaddy or whatever yep. server, whatever hosting platform you want to get the domain. And then I would just point that domain to the lead pages page. So then it doesn't look like, and maybe I'm getting way too technical on this. Is what, <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Following and understanding. You don't want it to, you'd prefer it not be leadpages.com forward slash Ryan Rieger right. is your homepage or ryanrieger.com, ryanrieger.leadpages.com. Yeah. I want ryanrieger.com to point yep. to whatever that landing page is. Yeah. And most of these tools have the ability to kind of, once you purchase the domain, they have the ability to go in there and almost automatically do it for you. Nice. Um, and so I would say, you know, I've used, we use GoDaddy and we recommend all of our clients use GoDaddy just because they've built a system that's nice and it's not mm -hmm. more expensive than other places. Um, and the nice thing about that is most places will say, oh, you have a GoDaddy domain. Oh, this is either the step-by-step -step process of just click here, type this in to, to get it online. Or some of them have automated tools where they can just log in for you and then handle it all for you right there, mm. um, which is very convenient for somebody who's not, you know, wanting to spend a bunch of technical time, right? Just get it up there. Yeah. Okay, cool. And if anybody's listening to this, you go like, man, I want to do all this stuff, but I don't even know how to do all that. Well, I can connect you with people. Maybe Nick would be willing to do it for, yeah, a, for a few. Absolutely. Um, but if you can't afford him, I got VAs too, that probably be able to help you with that kind of stuff. So, absolutely. Oh, that's good. Um, what about getting traffic? I know we could talk about that for hours. Yeah. It's a whole different topic because you got the website. doesn't mean people are just going to automatically now find it. You know, I'm not going to be, I imagine I'm, even if I get, you know, fast, you rewind to ryanrear.com when I got that, I probably wasn't top of the page in Google even for that. 
yeah uh, at the beginning i don't even know if i am now i don't even look um but yeah what do you, how do we get traffic to this thing you, you've got it all helping us looking pretty and nice and mm -hmm. what's the process that you're telling people how to get people to actually see it absolutely and at the end of the day that's that's what's important if you spent right. three thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars or however much on a nice website if it's not getting views then it's just a piece of art right um and so the first and most obvious is advertising um this is just raw dollar per view mm -hmm. you can go on google ads and advertise your website you can create a simple facebook ad and run it on facebook and those are really nice and they're great for testing because the moment you start spending, you know, $10 a day, $15 a day, you instantly get hundreds of people viewing your site. Yep. Um, and it's kind of a great way to, to very quickly see results. And that's when it's really important that your site converts and it looks, it does, it does absolutely have sliders and stuff. Absolutely. You, wanna, you don't want to pay trap, pay for traffic to a site that does not convert at all. Absolutely. Then <laughs> that's, that's the, that's the, the, the kicker right there is you want to make sure your site does convert so that when you're yeah. spending it's more optimized for every dollar that you spend on mm -hmm. lead acquisition. So advertising is the first one that's obvious. The next one, which is kind of underused, but very effective is uh, using social media or, or long form video content. Mm -hmm. So YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, creating a, a routine where you're constantly and consistently posting on those platforms. Um, that's a great way to, to acquire leads. It's definitely more of a longer term growth. And it's something that people people can easily get disappointed at. And go, oh, well, you know, my post got, you know, five views or whatever. And so you don't see the results as quickly, but longer term, um, that can be very beneficial in lead acquisition. Mm -hmm. um, the third one, which is kind of different, but it, it might it might not seem, but cold calling is actually something that a lot of people still do for um, cold calling and cold emailing mm -hmm. um, campaigns are, are another way that's it's just, that's like, instead of trading dollars, for views, it's trading your time for views. You know, you're picking up the right. phone, trying to do as many cold calls, writing email scripts to as many people as you can. Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, if you're on a budget and you're wanting to see results fast, that's kind of the faster way than social media. And yeah. you know, if you're any good at any good at sales or pitches, then you can kind of see the those that return on investment faster. Absolutely, that's good. I also like joint ventures. That's been big for me. Is um, finding people who have larger email lists than me, not even doesn't have to even be larger, just a different audience and partnering up with partnering up with them in a creative way. So like you being on my podcast, yeah. now you instantly have access to my audience and you're going right. to, I mean, you're going to be in my newsletter on Friday because you're on my show and someday you may do some website special or come out with a website course. And uh, I announce it to my audience and yep. we, we do an affiliate deal. And so that's been a big deal for me is, uh, yeah, that's oh. been a faster way to grow my audience. Um, is one of the faster ways to do it. And it didn't cost anything because I'm just partnering mm -hmm. with somebody who has my people in their audience already. And we just work out a, a triple way win, a win for yeah. that guy, a win for me and a win for a his win for audience. And he gets an affiliate commission, uh, some type of affiliate, or maybe it's a 50-50 thing, depending on what we're offering. But that's another one of my favorites too. Yeah. And I think that's really all these things that we've mentioned so far, it's important to realize like they're not hard, complicated formulas to solve. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just the amount of time that you're inputting, like how, how many podcasts are you showing on? How many right. people are you networking with? How many conferences are you going to, to get your name out there? It's very, very input output related. The amount of work that you're putting into gaining leads is is what you're getting out. Yeah. So if you're not putting anything in, then that might be, you know, a good indicator. Mm -hmm. Last uh, 
The last thing that I'll mention for lead acquisition, and this is a service that we're just now starting to offer, um, and that's because it's not really done right very often, and that is search engine. Mm-hmm. Um, you can create, or you can create, you can find using software different keywords that you know, your services will rank for, and you can say, okay, for example, I am a dentist in Idaho Falls. You can search in into the keyword checkers and see, okay, 3,000 people search dentist in Idaho Falls every single month, mm-hmm. and... Um, I want to rank for that keyword so that I show up in the top 10 results. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's a process that's a lot more difficult to, to execute. And so most, most people go through the route of an agency, mm-hmm. but my, my goal and at the moment, I'm not doing it. My goal is to create a YouTube series where I walk through how somebody could do this themselves and not have to hire an agency Yeah, because there's so much confusion in the industry right now where, you know, one person will pay or charge a hundred dollars a month. The next person will charge $3,000 a month. And there's no kind of accountability behind what who's doing what work. Everybody's just claiming I'm doing SEO. Yeah. And so that's why, you know, I'm in the process of writing my own kind of tutorial series so that people can do it themselves oh, before awesome. they go and pay someone, yeah. they know what to expect. Um, but that process, just real quick, that process involves trying to get other websites linking to your website for those keywords. Mm-hmm. So for example, say I want to rank for dentist in Idaho Falls, I need to get other people people to reference my website using that keyword, which is very difficult to do. You know, you might have to be writing guest um, articles. You might have to contact web developers directly. Hey, I noticed you have a, a, a blog post that says the top 10 dentists in Idaho Falls, but one of them, one of those dentist offices doesn't even exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you should, you should take that down. Google doesn't like it when you have broken links. If you want to substitute it, Hey, we're a dentist in Idaho Falls. You can put us on the list instead. You know, it's going through that process. It's wow. very laborious and difficult and time consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what Google ranks you for. They give you yeah. an authority score that that's saying like, hey, you are trusted by other people who are trusted. That's good. And the, the flip side of that coin is all of us, I'm sure, get spam emails on our website saying, hey, buy 100 backlinks today for 60 bucks. Yeah. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Google knows when you do that. And those what's usually yeah. linking to your site are like phishing scams. I just okay. went through a client's website two days ago and they had a hundred phishing scams pointed to their website. And it's like Google oh penalizes God. you super bad, but they did. They bought a hundred links for 60 bucks from someone. Wow. And Google knows when you do that and you get, you get Is penalized. Is there a tool that you can look and see what backlinks your website's getting? There are. Unfortunately, I don't know if any of them are free. Okay. The cheapest okay. one is a SEO or SE Optimer. Um, SE it's like, I think. Optimer? Yeah, SE Optimer, SEO Timur. They they like share the O. Um, that one I think is like thirty bucks a month or something like that. And then you can check your website or anybody's website um, and see all of the all the links, and you can do keyword research there and stuff like that. And so that's cool. Yeah. Cool. This is helpful. Okay, so how can people find you, connect with you, and get that process started? Yeah, so my business is GAU Web Solutions. That's because my last name is Galtney and the first three letters are GAU. Um, so they can go to my website, GAUWebSolutions.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, so Nick Galtney on LinkedIn. Um, and then, you know, my email is easy. It's Nick Mark Galtney, so nmgaltney at gmail.com. So it's kind of a mouthful to say my last name. So, but we can add that in the links somewhere. Yeah, I'll put it in the, in the links for sure, uh, show notes. So, Awesome. Any other final tips, advice, anything like that? No, I think that that just about wraps it up. Input, output, 
the stuff that you put in is what you're going to get out. So that's right. Love it. Well, thanks for your insight. I don't know if we've ever really had anybody on to talk about websites like this before. We, so this is helpful. Uh, I love it. Yeah, that's you know what I want is I want everybody to be able to find a sweet spot to grow their website and get traffic through it, and for everybody to understand. Like I said, there's a lot of confusion in the industry, and I want mm-hmm. I want that confusion gone because the Absolutely. people who know and understand how it works, yes, um, are, are just better off. So, yeah. well, Nick, thanks for being on, man. I appreciate it so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Ryan. Of course. Bye-bye, everyone. See you next week.